Welcome to Breadcrumbs. This is the prophetic journal of a girl who's more than happy to eat the crumbs off the master's table. If you're like me, then listen and be encouraged that even in the whispers and mere shadows, our God still speaks, and he has a lot to say. Last night I saw a tree. It was more delicate. I had in mind a Japanese maple. The limbs were slender and kind of gnarled, and they were bending as if they were stretching out towards the east. And I could see that inside the trunk of the tree there was embedded an arrow. Not embedded as if an archer had shot the arrow into the trunk, embedded as if the arrow was part of the trunk or encased in the trunk. And I got the sense, warrior, dormant warrior. When I turned to my Bible to do my daily reading, I was in Hosea 11, and here's what I read. It's about Ephraim. Ephraim represents the tribes who turned to idolatry, who didn't join the house of David and ended up being scattered. And it says that they will turn to the Lord, that he will roar like a lion, summoning them and that his sons and daughters will come trembling from the west. The tree I saw was in the west. It was trembling, and it was reaching east. And the Lord has long spoken to me about his army of sons and daughters, about how they will rise. There was a video waiting on my phone. It was a prophetic word from somebody I follow, and she had titled it, Where Are My Warriors? And in the word, it was the Lord calling, where are those who have let go of their selfish agendas in pursuit of me and only me, who have let sin lose their grip on them, who pursue holiness? Where are my burning ones? Where are my sons and my daughters? Awake, arise. I have had the sense that Jesus is scanning the earth. He's looking for homes that are lit up bright in the spirit. And I have prayed over and over again that we would be one of those houses, that there would be a beam of light shooting up through our roof. I came across an artist who does prophetic art, and I, I was totally taken aback by a painting he had done of the Lion of Judah. Just a beautiful lion with beams of light crowning his head, and he is walking on top of the globe. He's so enormous that his paws kind of take up whole cities. and. You can see the surface of the earth and there are golden lights, fires burning in little clusters here and there all across the earth and he's just searching. I read a kid's book last year inspired by the movie Brave by Disney. It was a book about Merida, that Celtic princess with the flaming red hair, who was an archer. She was really skilled with a bow and arrow. The book was about how she was being called into more. She loved her home, she loved her family, she felt safe there, and she was being called out of the safety and comfort and into change. Really, really uncomfortable change. Here's a quote. She had been a storm that didn't move roofs. In effect, the book was describing a girl who was full of fire and passion and her own particular kind of courage and skill. And yet, she was living really small. She wasn't moving out from under the safety of what she knew. She was a warrior, a warrior in hiding. 
a character comes into the book and he represents disruption and change. That's his job. The premise of the book is that change is essential. And there's a tension between change that has to come through destruction and change that can come through making a choice. Sometimes both are necessary. Both kinds have a place. Here's another quote. It had changed. It had earned its freedom from destruction. It had become something new. Or rather, it was still it, but it was grown, changing, moving onward. There is no glory in ruin. It only matters because of what comes after. I think each of us who love Jesus, there is a straight, sharp arrow of a warrior inside each one of us. And I wonder if he is calling it out. Isaiah 49 This is what I read, and this is what I heard. The Lord has called me from the womb, from the body of my mother, he has named me. In the shadow of his hand, he has kept me hidden, and he has made me a sharpened arrow. In his quiver, he has hidden me. And he said, I will also make you a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. In a favorable time, I have answered you. In a day of salvation, I have helped you, and I will keep watch over you. It is Jesus in us and through us, through the church, through the bride, through his people, that he chooses to work in the world. And so on this day, with the image of the straining, stretching tree and the arrow, this passage, it calls to me as one of his sharpened arrows that he has hidden. In this passage, the word sharpened in other translations is read select arrow or polished arrow. And that word means to purify, to choose, to cleanse and make bright, to purge, to test or prove. And haven't we all been experiencing just that? Haven't we all felt the scouring of our heart, mind, soul, spirits, as if we're being whipped into shape, aligned properly, sharpened to a fine point? A friend once had a vision of me. I was lying in my bed, but I was wearing Viking armor. He said the room was dark, and I suddenly sat bolt upright in bed, as if I'd been awoken. And then he said this happened three times in a row. Woken from sleep three times in Viking warrior garb. When I inquired of a friend as to what this could possibly mean, she told me resurrection. And that did make a kind of sense to me. I have struggled a lot with this dormant period, with what has seemed to me like a time of hibernation. I am like a bear who has desperately needed to curl up in a cave and learn how to rest and be rejuvenated and restored, but everything in me wants to shake off the slumber and just get down to business, leave the cave and start hunting. I am not good at rest, I am not good at staying holed up in a cave. And there have been times where I have questioned the Lord. Maybe I don't get to be part of your army. Maybe you don't want me to be one of your soldiers. Maybe I am the one that has to stay behind when the battle starts. I have struggled with that. And what he spoke to me through that particular vision was, oh no, you're wearing your armor. It's really beautiful and ornate. After a time of rest, after a time that actually will feel a lot like a death. Death to all the things that need to die inside you. 
you will suddenly hear the call to action and you will sit bolt upright, already suited for the battle, and it will be go time. Hosea 6, 1-3, it speaks to this. It says, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. After two days, he will revive us, and on the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live before him. So let us know and become personally acquainted with him. Let us press on to know and understand fully the greatness of the Lord. His appearing is prepared and is as certain as the dawn, and he will come to us in salvation like the heavy rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. Psalm 110, it says, Your people will offer themselves willingly to participate in your battle in the day of your power. In the splendor of holiness from the womb of the dawn, your young men and women are to you as the dew. I have felt his call. He has trained me to think about the rising of the sun, S-O-N, and how it rises in the east. I once had a vision where there were hundreds and hundreds of saints dressed in white robes, and we were in the gray light of dawn before the sun actually rose, and we were standing in a field facing east, and we were waiting expectantly for the sun to rise. And I think that's just where we are right now. We are waiting warriors, waiting for the dawn, waiting for the rising of the sun in the east. We have been hearing him call. We have heard his voice calling and calling, and we are stretching our arms towards him. But our feet are still planted where we are. It isn't time yet. It isn't time. The Bible speaks of us as trees. This isn't a foreign thought. We are a planting of the Lord oaks of righteousness, planted by living water, drinking deeply. Just today, I listened to a word by Nate Johnson, and I was struck by just three words in the whole message that really caught my attention. He said, he is removing the casings. It made me think about that tree trunk. It made me think about the hardness of the bark and how the arrow was embedded deep within it. And I was thinking, There are things inside us that could keep us from flying east to meet him when he calls. There are things that could keep us tethered to the earth. I wonder if we are being invited to ask what, what are the casings that are hardened around us still that have to be removed in this time of dormancy, in this time of waiting. It's a good time to ask ourselves these things. It's a good time to ask him to show us It makes me think of the wineskins, the hard casings. They were the ones that would burst if new wine was poured in. We need to be soft in order to receive the new things that are coming. Remove the casings so that the warrior daughter, the warrior son, will be free to fly to the rising sun when he calls. If you want to interact with any of these episodes, If the Lord has spoken to you about similar things, then I really want to hear about it. This podcast has an Instagram account over at Mildly Prophetic. I'll put that in the show notes. If you hop over there, you can share the things you've seen and heard. You can ask me questions. Basically, you can add your breadcrumbs to mine. And if we gather them all up, then what a feast it'll be.